episode 106 of the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast. Our podcast was created because we want to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's business community. The stadium's going up. We know more about the new medical school proposed for Wichita. A committee is working on a master plan for the river. Associate Editor Kirk Seminoff and I will talk about those projects and more in this episode of the podcast. You ready for this, Kirk? Yes, sir. First, a look at what's in your weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal. The big story, the importance of public relations for restaurants and their owners. Our national package takes a look at whether PR efforts, such as being named a James Beard Foundation Award winner, pays off in more customers and more table turnover during those busy times. We talk to leaders at some of Wichita's fanciest eateries. Our big story begins on page 26. Also this week, the first in a series of reports we're doing featuring women who lead. We'll pick an industry and tell you about the women who are leaders in that space. This week, women who lead in financial services, page 13. This week's list, the area's fastest growing companies ranked in percentage change year over year. Property management partners at the top. Revenue at that company up 163%, page 6. Do you use our business leads section? We provide them to you each week. They include new real estate deals, building permits, who's setting up a new corporation, who owes back taxes, court judgments. Starts this week on page 30. Back with Associate Editor Kirk Seminoff in a moment. Welcome to BizTalk with Bill Roy of the Wichita Business Journal. Talking business your business, that is, is what Equity Bank's team of bankers does best. Visit us today at equitybank.com. So there are a lot of projects going on in Wichita, especially in the downtown area, more big decisions to make and more plans to hash it out. Kirk joins me to talk about all that. Kirk, thanks for being here. You told me to be here, Bill. That's right. <laughs> Let's talk first about the big development in the past couple of weeks. So we now know more about the effort to establish a downtown medical school. We know some of the players who are involved, and we know who's going to be on the board of directors, and now they move forward from here. Uh, We met with them right here in this room, in our conference room at the Wichita Business Journal, a couple of, uh, well, last week, I guess it was. What were your impressions? Uh, I, I think one of the things that struck me was this is a leap of faith by those two individuals, Dr. Masson, who is going to be the president, and then Dr. Hasty, who's going to be the chief academic officer and dean, founding dean. You know, there, there's construction going on inside these buildings, but they're taking a leap of faith in that, you know, three years from now, they, they're going to open a medical school. And right. I, that's, a, that's a decent leap, in my opinion. I'm not sure I could do something like that. Right. Uh, we have, first of all, the president of the Kansas Health Science Center, Dr. Masson, and she is our 10 Minutes With feature this week in the Wichita Business Journal. Uh, she has been working at the Chicago School. She is a trained psychologist, I believe PhD, or mm-hmm. a psychological, uh, the equivalent in right. there. Um, she has been an executive at the uh, Chicago School not necessarily the overall leader, and she's the leader here in Wichita. Yeah, she's she's run the Chicago campus, which I think is more of an office building. It's not a true campus, and the online studies for that school. Right. So this will be a, a, a step up. She's never been ahead of a, an entire school like this before. So there will be a little bit of a learning curve, and plus she's never started something like this 
from scratch. So that will be a tremendous challenge. Dr. Robert Hasty, on the other hand, right. is has experience starting from scratch in Idaho. He started a, a similar uh, medical school for osteopath osteo, osteopathic medicine mm-hmm. that uh, started from the ground up. And so he's going to probably be leaned on quite a bit for how to do something like this over a three-year period. He's uh, not only been associated with the medical school in Idaho, but also one before that as well. So he does have some experience. He's been through this process before, obviously not in Kansas, but uh, it sounds like he has a lot of experience and uh, he was able to talk pretty fluently about uh, what's needed, uh, the accreditation, the approvals, things like that. I was pretty impressed. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure if he doesn't have a timeline on paper already, he's got it in his head of what needs to happen and when because he has been through this before. I think Dr. Masson will be kind of the face of the project right. and, and be the person who meets people in town and meets the community and tries to answer the question on why a second medical school is needed in Wichita. But I think Dr. Hasty will be the, the guy who gets things done behind the scenes as far as planning and, and getting construction. They made a couple of points in our meeting with them. and They talked, first of all, about the reason they thought a medical school is needed in Wichita. It's because there are a lot of areas in Kansas that are underserved. There aren't enough physicians to serve a lot of uh, areas in Kansas. And also he talked about how he wanted to be collaborative and not be an opposing force to the University of Kansas Medical School. I thought that was interesting as well. I did too. Uh, I think there are points about needing more doctors in Kansas is certainly true. The stat that they use is is Kansas is 40th. on in uh, among states of uh, physicians per capita right i think was the term uh so you can't argue that but i think as we get going with more reporting the the question is going to be okay well does a second medical school have to happen for that to be rectified in kansas or are there other ways to get more doctors in kansas if that helps to solve the problem and, get, and gets Kansas up the ladder a little bit in that ranking, I think that's probably a good thing. I just think we're way too far out to be able to answer that question. Right. Uh, do you think they can do it in a couple of years? I think so. You know, the, the, the one thing that really struck me about last week, and not only meeting those two for the first time, but, but Suda Tokala returned phone calls. Right. And, you know, we had kind of – gotten our gander up because she had hung up on one of our reporters a <laughs> right. few a few weeks ago and we thought well what's going on with that i think with this announcement with these announcements that tcs education system was going to help manage the school from chicago that these two folks have been hired to lead the school and that construction is ongoing they're ripping stuff out of those five buildings right I think she has had a burden lifted from her. She's ready. She's pulled away from the medical school facet of this and is now just a developer working on the insides of these buildings. Uh, there's a lot of reasons to be skeptical of a, of a school opening in 2022, but I think so far they've made the right decisions. And uh, Dr. Hasty had talked about he got their school up in in idaho was uh was for profit and uh they got it up and running uh just like they said they were going to uh he talked about six years for total accreditation he's been with that one for three years so he hasn't seen that process all the way through 
But uh, nevertheless, he's been through this process, and he's got that experience, and I would imagine he's modeling Wichita after the Idaho model and trying to figure out what to do. Right. I, I think from his resume, he's never spent a lot of time at, at, at one spot. I think he enjoys starting things from the ground up, and you know that what that means here is he'll be here at least through 22, and I would guess through 23 and 24, but maybe... If he has success here, he'd be an attractive candidate for another, you know, ground-up medical school somewhere right. else. And uh, it sounds like we're going to be able to get Dr. Hasty in here for a podcast to hear some more of his thoughts uh, in the next couple of weeks. So watch for that. Board members, obviously, uh, there's a, what, a 15-person board that's been put right. together. Some of them are from Wichita. Uh, some of them are physicians from Wichita, so... That also is a big development in this whole process. If you look at those 15 people, it's, it seems to be one-third are, are Wichita physicians who aren't uh, aligned with anything in particular. Another third is national, and the, th- the final third is uh, physicians associated with Riverside Health Foundation, right. which, is, which is an osteopathic uh, venture right who that has pledged 15 million dollars to this 75 million dollar project so they're obviously all in on on getting this going um and they'll have a third of the board members shifting gears a little bit to another topic that we've been talking about uh, obviously mary beth jarvis and uh, her committee came back with a recommendation on a performing arts center Uh, That presentation said we're ready to move along with a a site selection. The city said, well, we're not quite ready for that. But they did talk about how there was a sense of urgency with the convention center and uh, trying to get that moving along because they felt like they were losing out on a revenue stream, uh, that they could attract more uh, conventions here, get that revenue stream going, and uh, be able to pay for that and many other things. It sounds like those are being to use a phrase, kicking the can down the road a little bit because uh, there is this legacy East Bank River master plan, and that could take up to eight months. Uh, And so clearly a less sense of of urgency with the convention center. Yeah, I don't think that anybody at City Hall is really uh, too concerned about this being a quick fix. Um, They are content to let this riverfront legacy plan develop. And, you know, we sat in here with a lot of the city's top movers and shakers a few weeks ago, and they promised us this would be a months-long process mm-hmm. and not a years-long process. And right. I know as somebody who, you know, we, we follow these things pretty closely, more than the average viewer or reader. Right. We like to hear that as long as they come through right. and, and make it a months-long process. So maybe by late this year we get an idea for what they have in mind for a convention space, for a performing arts space. For Century Two's future, and whatever else they can fit right. in that core area that where Century Two is now right. and around the Hyatt. Mayor Longwell talked about a, a, a master plan planning uh, process that could take as much as eight months, which obviously would push it into early twenty. Uh, so that's not quite the sense of urgency that we thought we had, but they want to get a lot of uh, public input on that project and. Uh, they want to figure out how to pay for it. It They think they may have money in the budget that they don't have to have a tax increase. That would certainly be preferable. Yep. I find that a little hard to understand. I'd, I'd want to see the, right. the, the spreadsheets on that. Uh, 
that's the one thing that, of course, folks with the Riverfront Legacy Plan aren't talking about yet is how it will be paid for. Right. Uh, if it can come out of the city budget, more power to them. But, boy, that's a, that's a big reach for me. And uh, some of this, uh, uh, these other projects have pushed baseball off, the, off our front page. Mm-hmm. Uh, but baseball, uh, the stadium construction continues. You uh, have talked to Lou Schweckheimer. Anything new there other than the process continues? The process continues. The, the concrete keeps going up. Um, but, you know, not so much. We would love to have a name for this team. <laughs> we, would love to, we would love to know some future plans. Uh, that's all going to come in time, not as fast as we want it to come. Right. I think fans would love to know a team name and be – I like the Wichita 2020 logo, don't get me wrong, but if there's a, an actual team logo right. to, to, to buy merchandise for, I think a lot of fans would eat that up right now. But they have their own timeline. Uh, but, you know, talking to folks in my neighborhood, talking to folks who are sports fans – they're not concerned with the details. Right. They right. are ready to show up on April 15th of next year and have a beer at the ballpark right. and, and root for the Marlins AAA players that we've never heard of <laughs> right. um, who will be up in the majors pretty soon because it's not a very good major league club right now. Uh, they don't care about how a stadium is paid for. They don't care about riverfront property for a dollar an acre. They want to watch some baseball. I hope – I hope that's a long-term feeling. I always am a little skeptical about long-term success for this franchise, right. but they just want to watch baseball. And that's something that uh, we need to take into consideration as uh, as reporters and journalists in this town. Uh, just the overall context, putting things into context. You know, we have to ask those questions about things that we see pop up, whether it's $1 an acre for land or whether it's, hey, you told us that the Names were going to be released over the next few weeks. That didn't happen. We have to ask those questions. But in the big picture, a lot of people are really focusing on the end product, not on the how the sausage is made. Right. And I think the, the, the team president and anybody involved with that AAA team that's coming here realizes that. They don't have to necessarily please the reporters who are asking them the questions. Right. They just want to keep interest up for the fans who are going to be coming to games next year. And I think it, it sounds like they want to make a big splash with the name. I get it. I get it, you know. Uh, but you got to manage expectations, too. If you say you're going to have it three months ago, then, you know, live up to what you've said. I, I think it creates skeptical reporters right. who are, you know, if, if somebody says something and it doesn't happen, okay, fool me once. Right. But if it happens a second <laughs> or a third time, you, you tend to be a little more cautious Uh, again fans are not asking us every day what the team name is going to be they they will wait for it to come out and then they will go and buy tickets and I think you've been in you grew up here obviously and I've been here for more than 30 years and we have seen every once in a while those those bad actors who come through here promising the blue sky and it doesn't happen and so I think you have to have a healthy skepticism uh, and, uh, you know, keep them accountable mm-hmm. uh, for what they say. Uh, we used to think we were going to have a big park up north. <laughs> I had my Cowboy Wild West hats. World Passes bill. It's, <laughs> I, I have them framed somewhere. Do you really? <laughs> I had, we had season passes that, uh, that we won and got to go once. So, uh, Water Walk. 
Um, it's interesting to see King of Freight going in there. You love the idea of having hundreds of new jobs. There's no doubt about that. But it certainly changes the flavor of that area and what uh, it was built up to be 15, 20 years ago. I, I should say about 17 years ago. We did a survey when the first story came out that Daniel did about uh, King of Freight possibly moving there and looking to city council for some help and or approval, I guess. And we did a survey and put it online with the story right. and basically asked people, this is a great move or this is a move that adds jobs or, you know, another answer. And then the final answer was, can't we go back to 2002 and start all over again? <laughs> and that was by far the, over, the, the overwhelming winner. I think, yes, it's nice to have a tenant there. It's nice to have the, the pledge of, of 400 net new jobs over a 10-year period at an average of $50,000. That will impress me if that happens. Right. Uh, but, yeah, it's nothing. It's not exciting. It's not a destination. It's just a tenant. And, you know, it, it, it's it's disappointing right we just wish we could have so much more with what is prime real estate right i went back through and and found some of those that early reporting we did on water walk and uh the folks who were in charge at that time uh they said they had agreements in hand we were ready to go whether it was martina mcbride putting a theater down there and a restaurant to uh, other restaurants that had national names Mm -hmm. Um, but it just never did, never did come through. And, uh, so you wonder what happened. Are you bad negotiators? You had them in your hip pocket and then they did, they went away. So, uh, it it would have been nice to have a nice entertainment district down there. Do you think sometimes that city leaders or developers just get out in front of their skis just a little bit too much and say, I, I, I looked up at, a, at an old story, too, from that Mayor Carl Brewer back then saying, we're going to have this restaurant. I can't remember the name of it, but it obviously didn't show up. Uh, that they get so excited about the possibility of a place that people will go to and, and enjoy and you know take advantage of that land right. that they just say a little bit too early. Yep. We saw the mayor do that with baseball. Right. I mean, over a you know, two-year period before there was a team in place, he said, we'll have great news shortly, or, you know, he, he didn't make promises, but he right. said, just stay tuned, and we stayed tuned for a long time. But right. we finally got it, but it took a long time. Right. Yeah, I think managing expectations is is not something that we do particularly well in Wichita. And I, I see being excited about a project, something new, something that we feel is really great for the community, but uh, then it's it's an even greater disappointment when it doesn't happen. And uh, that's that's tough to deal with. Um, uh, parking. <laughs> now, one of the things that uh, I talked to Mayor Longwell about was uh, parking downtown. He said it was a good problem to have. Um, I think to a certain extent he might be right. But still, we have to have a place for people to park down here if they're going to come to some of these different places. And, you know, that might be the most interesting facet of the Riverfront Legacy plan is will they address parking? Or right. are they just going to say... Performing arts here, convention center here, let's go. Right. And if you don't have a parking answer for those two facilities plus the ballpark, you're in a world of hurt because right. people will, will – <laughs> 
as, as our publisher, John X, says, this is a, a community that loves to park and walk about five feet and get right to the front door. Right into that door. front door, yep. Um, yeah, that's going to be the challenge is, is some sort of parking mechanism that pleases everybody, doesn't turn everybody away, and costs the city long term. Uh, it, parking or other developments, uh, baseball, uh, what are we going to do for performing arts? Uh, at least we're moving forward with questions and projects, and uh, we, we haven't mentioned a lot of things that are going on in downtown with different projects, different office projects, and, and living areas. Uh, it's a lot better than not having anything to talk about, I guess, right? Right. We haven't spoken about the Fidelity Bank right. project. You know, Napsker Park is is closer to completion. Uh, the, the, board, the, build, the four-story building that will take over Meads Corner at Douglas and Emporia is going to be a major project someday. Yeah, uh, a lot of things are, are progressing, and I, you know, we hear this with talking with emerging leaders and career women uh, all the time that they want the city to keep moving forward. Right. You may make mistakes, you may not get some things right, but at least you're trying. Right, and I, I think you can make a strong case that that's happening right now. Action rather than words, and it seems like there's a lot of action these days. Right, Associate Editor Kirk Seminoff, thank you for spending some time with me. Absolutely. Now let's get back to work, I guess. Yes, sir. I'll be back to finish things up in a moment. At Equity Bank, stories of growing businesses are a favorite of ours, so we created our own little series called Napkin Stories. Visit equitybank.com to see how some great businesses got their start. That's it for Biz Talk with Bill Roy this week, episode 106. Thanks again to Associate Editor Kirk Seminoff. Check out all our episodes at our Biz Talk with Bill Roy hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Thank you for listening and subscribing. Biz Talk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks to producer Brittany Showalter, even though she's not here, off having a baby, it sounds like. And thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Have a profitable week.